Hello, and welcome to the post-production podcast. I'm Kiri. And I'm Raquel. And here we talk about shopping. We talk about chocolate. We talk about Tacos. boys. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, sometimes, but not ones that are actually in our lives. Anyway, that's all a lie. The point is, we are a couple of freaking nerds, and we're not afraid to show it. So today we're going to talk about Star Wars. Heck uh, yeah, we are. <laughs> as you may have inferred from conversations in previous episodes especially the last one i am a star wars nerd and i'm listen when people criticize me for liking star wars just shut up okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean we are we are i kind kind of of care but i i I totally don't care i mean we are we are kind of (laughs) opening ourselves up to it seeing as we're currently recording a full episode about our love of star Wars. oh yeah this was my idea of course but I think because I've always associated myself with people who equally love Star Wars, which is saying something. And <laughs> you just outed all of your friends. Oh, yeah. So first of all, I'm going to start by defending the prequels. Wow, we're just getting right into oh, it. Oh, yeah, we're getting right into it. Like, yeah, the, the dialogue is pretty bad and the CGI is pretty bad. But you got to remember that George Lucas had all the power and there was no one around to tell him no. Well, and you have to remember, special effects-wise, right. it's still ten times better than the original movies. Yeah, and also, they were at the forefront of using CGI in movies. Because like when episode one came out, like sure, the, the CGI is pretty bad compared to today's standards. Because like we have Marvel movies that have like these beautiful scenes that are completely animated and it's just gorgeous. And then you look at The Phantom Menace and it's like... <laughs> there's right. a lot of stuff going on in the background. But um, but there's they like were, a 20-year difference. Oh, yeah. It's a 20-year difference for one thing, and they were the first pe- among the first to do it, mm-hmm. uh, especially to that scale. And like I've read that from people who were like there to see it in the theater, they were like, ugh, but also, wow, the CGI, because yeah. that had never been done to that scale before, and so George Lucas was like, why not just go all out? We're just going to do it all. Everybody's going to be animated. Yoda's going to be animated. Uh, All the spaceships are going to be animated. It's just going to be an animated party. Yeah, well, and honestly, I felt like the dialogue wasn't incredible in The Phantom Menace, but I thought the plot was, like, pretty good. Well, just look at the entire prequels cast. You've got Natalie freaking Portman. My queen. Samuel L. freaking Jackson. My king. (laughs) Ewan freaking McGregor. My other king. (laughs) Everyone in that cast slapped. Yeah. It was like, okay. Yeah, Kiri, the, the doc- Kiri is getting flustered I'm, here. I, well, I'm thinking about how to say these things. So, yeah, we've already been over how the dialogue is kind of the worst. But you take these Oscar-nominated actors and actresses, and they have to read that dialogue and make it convincing, and they have to do whatever George Lucas said. So I... I watched a behind-the-scenes clip from Attack of the Clones. It was the scene when they're in the droid factory, and Natalie Portman is, like, dodging all these, like, green blocks and stuff. Yeah. And George Lucas is like, okay, now duck, now up. And she stops and turns to George freaking Lucas and says, this is ridiculous. Wow. She she was, like, probably, like, our age at the time, too. Yeah. She does not hold back. No. I love her. And also, I think the next one was for, like, Revenge of the Sith or something. It was a clip of George Lucas directing Hayden Christensen on how to say a line. Like, they showed the way he was doing it before, and it was actually okay. I don't know. It was something, something, but I shouldn't. And so he was saying it kind of naturally at first, and then George Lucas was like, no, but I want you to turn. Like, pause and turn, but I shouldn't. And I was like, okay, that's why everyone hates the acting, 
because George Lucas is asking him to do super cheesy looking things with super cheesy dialogue. Love or hate the prequels, you should watch Star Wars The Clone Wars. That series is so good. It does so much good for the prequels. It gives them context and like depth. So it does a lot to develop the characters. It makes Anakin's fall really understandable. So like it builds up his distrust of the council and like it really makes us kind of understand because the council does several things that just screw him over again and again and again. And it is clear that they really don't trust him. Mm-hmm. And freaking Palpatine just like keeps planting those seeds of mistrust in him. He was like, oh, so they, they're doing that because they don't trust you, Anakin. Obviously. Obviously. And then, yeah. And then, of course, there's also kind of building his mistrust of Obi-Wan and of Padme. And then do you know what happens to Ahsoka? She dies. No. Right? No. Well, OK. I won't spoil it for she you. She dies eventually. I mean, eventually. Yeah. No, I haven't finished the series. Yeah, well, you should. Anyway, what happens to Ahsoka is basically all the council's fault, which, again, kind of builds upon his really just dislike for them and the the tension building between him and the council. Like, they make his fall more understandable by the time you get to Revenge of the Sith. All of the stuff that's been happening in the Clone Wars has been building up to his stress level in Revenge Mm -hmm. of the Sith. Well, And and from what I've seen in the Clone Wars, I feel like what the series really does to add to the movies is it it provides a really good bridge from Attack of the Clones to Revenge of the Sith. Because, you know, Attack of the Clones, like, okay, a bunch of stuff happens. Mm -hmm. A war starts. Yeah, spicy things happen between Anakin and Padme. And then all of a sudden we're to Revenge of the Sith and they're all exhausted from war and Anakin is like a completely different person Mm -hmm. and Padme is pregnant. And you're like, how did we get here? And yeah. so, and the Clone Wars is like, this is how we got here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not to mention, you get to know all of the Jedi a lot better from what oh, I've yeah. seen of the series. And it makes Order sixty six so much sadder too, because it's like all of them had some pretty significant roles in the Clone Wars. That that's another good thing about the TV series is they help you get to know all these other characters that only got cameos in the movies, mm-hmm. um, and they humanize the clones also. Huh. They do spend a lot of time like emphasizing their individuality and helping you understand them and connect with them oh man it's it's a great show it's better if you watch it in chronological order though because it's star wars so the first three seasons or so the episodes are all mixed up chronologically (laughs) but like you can go to starwars.com and there's an official list of the chronological order so watch the clone wars tv series and the new season which will be out by the time we release this podcast but it's not out yet and i'm very excited i am so pumped the problem with the new season coming out is that I need to go back and rewatch all the seasons I did watch and finish the seasons I didn't finish. That's what I've been doing. I'm in the middle of the season four finale right now. Yeah, so I'm, I'm making my way through. But it's also kind of disappointing because we all know how it's going to end. Right. But also, I'm excited to see how they end it with our characters. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting how they pick up and revive a series that has... Mm-hmm not been worked on in a while yeah and the animation is a little bit different i'm not sure how i feel about that but it's beautiful Hmm. from what i've seen of it yeah the original animation was gorgeous too yeah like a really nice color palette yeah movement in the characters 
it, it just looks a little different. Well, like it looks like it was made with technology that was five years older than it was when it got canceled. So it's a little sharper. A, a li- yeah, a little sharper, a little different. And of course, the character designs are a little more true to Revenge of the Sith. If you love the prequels, you should watch the Clone Wars. If you hate the prequels, you should watch the Clone Wars. It'll make a lot of things make a lot more sense. So I am a psychology major and Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader is a very interesting case because sure in the prequels he's just like this awkward guy with like seemingly this weird like rat tail hairstyle that I still wish they hadn't done they did that to Ewan McGregor too yeah rough choice yeah uh the early 2000s I'm surprised they didn't all wear low-rise jeans (laughs) (laughs) I mean have you seen those robes oh very (laughs) you know I look at them I immediately think that is something Justin Timberlake would have worn in 2001 I mean it's true to its time period I guess I mean have you seen Luke Skywalker's 70s hair I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I cannot wait until 2001 makes a comeback in the fashion industry. I don't know about you. Very flattering all around. Anyway, the case of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader is absolutely fascinating because, sure, nobody likes him in the prequels because he's, like, moody and awkward and... Because he's, like, 17. Yeah, well, he's he's 19 in episode two. Okay. Wow. And nerd. <laughs> well, 19 or 20. It's a little unclear. He's not old. No. He's like our age. There's a big old difference between yeah. him and Padme. Well, it's only five years or four. It's unclear. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. He's like a baby in the first prequel. He's, he's roughly she's nine or ten. An adult. He's roughly nine or ten. She's 14. I thought she was 16 when nope. she became queen. She's 14. Oh. I spent a lot of time on Wikipedia back in the day because I had no friends. Anyway. <laughs> From a psychological perspective, just look at his story. He grew up a slave. That alone causes all kinds of problems, all kinds of like trauma as a child and like harsh conditions. There's bound to be some developmental issues there. And of course, emotional trauma and probably some physical trauma as well. And then he has mommy issues. Well, right. And he was raised by a single mother, no father figure, nobody else to talk to but his mother. And then he's taken away from his mother kind of against his will yeah it's taken away from the only person he's ever loved or trusted into this cult basically that forces him to repress his feelings yeah when all he needed was therapy use the force anakin come on you don't need to cry yeah and even obi-wan represses his own feelings as well because like he just kind of dismisses because like several times throughout episode two like he wants to talk to him about like his mom and stuff like that and he's like oh it's fine it'll be fine it's just whatever. Yeah, and Obi-Wan is a very for the greater good kind of guy. Yeah. And it's really, Obi-Wan is really presented as the good guy in the prequels. So you, I think, automatically side with Obi-Wan. But if you do take a step back and you're like, man, if Anakin yeah. had felt safe talking to Obi-Wan about right. his emotions, would that any was, of this have happened? That was Obi-Wan's biggest flaws. He wasn't a safe place for Anakin to talk. The entire Jedi Order was not a safe place for him. And so he didn't get to work out his childhood trauma like at all. Mm-hmm. And so when we meet him in, in episode two, he's about to meet the only girl he's ever met or had a crush on. And so he's super awkward. And everyone's like, ew. But it's like, take a look at his backstory. Of course. And he's like 19. Well, so of, of course, course he's going to be awkward. Yeah. And of, of course he attached to her <laughs> because he has, yeah. she was the closest female when he was taken away from his mother. Like she was present during the narrative of oh, yeah. him. That's right. For him, he associates her with the big wide world outside of um, Tatooine. Maybe. 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 Uh, yeah. You can make an I argument can, both ways. Right. Yeah. That's possible. 
so he, he's like the super awkward 19 year old then like the girl likes him and boom they get married for some reason and then uh, they kiss once and then they get married <laughs> they kiss twice i'm sorry they kiss <laughs> twice and a half and then they're like let's get married so then in the clone wars he's got this whole marriage that he needs to keep a secret because it's against the rules to be attached and it also like when you think about it she's a senator he's a like he works for the government he's a general so that people finding out that they're married could be like severely detrimental to her to both of their careers because there's like a conflict of interest there and this is wartime and blah 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 so it's not just ah you're gonna get expelled from the order and you're gonna be disgraced it's like this could ruin all of the work that you've done for years and place a, a pretty big stain on your reputation. The good work that especially Padme has done. And so, like, no wonder they're so stressed out in Revenge of the Sith. Right. Because there's that in addition to, oh, we got to figure out how to raise a child <laughs> in the middle of all this crap. And so throughout the Clone Wars, he's given a Padawan, which really matures his character quite a bit. It kind of gives him the opportunity to teach someone else. And you learn a lot by teaching someone else. Mm -hmm. And so he learns to be the bigger person. And then she's taken away from him by the Order, basically. And like all this stuff happens throughout the Clone Wars. There's this whole arc where they really mess with his relationship with Obi-Wan. And that's also pretty much the council's fault because it was their idea and there's a few episodes where he like starts to mistrust padme because her ex shows up and she's like no it's not like that but he's like but, but ah. i don't know the, the clone wars makes his fall very understandable when you look at the whole of it like the whole his whole story up to revenge of the sith and so like the council has just been constantly screwing him over and it's given him trust issues. And then you have Palpatine over there just really feeding all of those trust issues, like planting these ideas in his mind that's like, oh, Obi-Wan doesn't trust you because of this. Oh, Padme doesn't trust you because of this. The council doesn't trust you because of this. And so by the time we get to him in Revenge of the Sith, he's in a very stressful situation. His wife is pregnant. They're going to have a baby. He's I guess that means the same thing. But he's like, I don't know what we're going <laughs> to... Synonymous phrases. <laughs> He's like, okay, so this whole marriage thing is going to be a lot harder to hide and we're going to lose our jobs and all of this stuff. And he has no one to talk to about it except for sweet old man Palpatine. The only safe place he has. Who's really, really? not a safe place at all with his Yikes. poorly cloaked evil. And <laughs> really, really poorly cloaked. Like, honestly, yeah. how that that's the thing that astonishes me. Like, I love the prequels. I really love the prequels. But how did no one see see it coming? Right. That's the thing I've never gotten past is the, the dark is side so was clouding them. That's why. <laughs> right. I wish y'all could see how hard Carrie just rolled her eyes. But like Palpatine is so clearly a manipulator mm -hmm. and someone that trips out on power constantly. Mm -hmm. it, I don't know. Maybe that's just my view as an outsider and not as someone undergoing the stress of war. And because Palpatine is the only person who's nice to him, well, not he's not the only person who's nice to him, but he's the only person who lets him talk about his feelings and gives him advice. Not that Padme doesn't. It's just different, I think. Yeah. Anyway, well, and it's she, just a weird she normally, dynamic. She normally encourages him to go to Obi-Wan, too, which he resents because he yeah. feels like they're teaming up against him. Yeah, and maybe he sees Palpatine as a father figure that he never had, too. Very but, possible. Yeah, but he's also seen Obi-Wan in that light as well. But I think as time, as the Clone Wars went on, they that kind of faded. I did like how, how they kind of have this whole like brothers dynamic in the Clone Wars because they have to work side by side a lot and you know strategize together and stuff like that and that those kinds of episodes are really entertaining. 
anyway, so Palpatine has this advantage over him, and he's like, ah, yes, I'm going to use your terrible mental state to uh, to make you my apprentice. So when you get to him in Revenge of the Sith, he needs help. He needs someone to talk to. The council is like, shut it. And Palpatine's like, oh, I can help you. I can give you all the power you need to stop all these bad things from happening to you. And because the council wouldn't help him at all, he's like, okay, fine. And I think if, I don't know, there's a lot of ifs to be had here. First of all, if the Jedi Order had a therapy division, I think a lot of people would not have as many problems as they had. There'd be a lot less dark side people. Yes, yeah. the the uh, Star Wars universe needs a counseling center. Somewhere. Oh yeah, but also I think maybe if Anakin had confided in Obi Wan a little bit earlier, like had been honest about his relationship with Padme, maybe just a little bit earlier, I think things would have gone a little differently. Because in the Revenge of the Sith novelization, here we go. Well, and this is also based on a deleted scene from Revenge of the Sith. Obi-Wan goes to Padme's apartment. And he's like, I know you guys have a relationship. I, I'm happy to keep that secret for you. I, I've like always known that you guys liked each other because you're terrible at hiding it, first of all. True but that. also, I want that to be something that Anakin goes and opens up about, but he never has. Why is that, Obi-Wan? Because you are not... A, it, he's not comfortable doing that around you. So there's all this... Anyway, yeah. Anakin Skywalker's fall to the dark side is understandable from a psychologist's perspective. Good End TED quote. talk. Yeah. Whew. Yes. And then we have Luke and Leia. Oh, the, boy. The weirdest, twins. like, incestuous, <laughs> eventual brother-sisterhood once they know it relationship of all time. Yeah. They, I feel like I went, they both also have some major mental health issues. Oh, I bet. Leia's entire planet got destroyed. I mean, come on. And then mm-hmm. Luke complains about losing, like, old Ben, whom he did not know very well. But Yeah, well, yeah. and then, like, Luke ends up becoming a hermit. And right. Leia ends up, like... Leia's sep- life sucks. Yeah, like, when you Leia ends it. up, like, she walks away from becoming a Jedi because she's concerned about the power she would have. Yeah. And she... Ends up separated from her husband because one of her children basically becomes Darth Vader, but it's her right. son. She also finds out she's the daughter of ancient evil, basically. Yep. <laughs> Which, that, that would mess anybody up. The TV series I want to see is right after Return of the Jedi of Luke and Leia kind of coming to terms with their family heritage and like kind of rebuilding the Republic and the Order and stuff like that. That's what I want to see. I want to see some more Skywalker twins being awesome. There's that that one little snippet of a scene in Rise of Skywalker. It's like a flashback of the twins practicing a lightsaber duel. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And then it was over and I was like, oh. Well, and it was over with Leia being like, nah, I don't want to be a Jedi anymore. But it was so cool. Come on. Well, yeah. And like, I want to see the training montages of oh, yeah. Leia starting her Jedi training. That would be so dope. I want to see the Skywalkers doing some cool little blood of the chosen one Skywalker things. That's another thing about Anakin Skywalker. He has this whole prophecy that the council's hanging over him that he, I really get the impression that he really doesn't want. Yeah. That. that and so that's a lot of pressure for a, a young person who really isn't. Well, who, I don't know. Who he, cares about midichlorian count? Just let right. the kid live. Yeah. And like he was a lot older than a lot of the entry level kids. He's he keeps being told that he's more powerful than any of them and yet they still put him in, in class with the kindergartners. And so like he always felt like he was being held back in addition to all of the non therapy he was getting, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I could go on about that case for a long time. 
No, uh, really? Re- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I don't like what they did with our original characters in the sequels. I'm just going to say that. Just because they have depressing lives afterwards? Well, yeah, it seems, I don't know, th- there was some kind of out of character stuff, like Luke being like, I the Jedi Order sucks, but, you know, I, wh- what's your perspective? So, I, I do agree that Luke sort of turning his back on the Jedi dream does seem out of character because mm-hmm. in the original series he's so pro Jedi. Yeah, and like he seems to want to create a new order that's not like the old one. Yeah, but in context of everything that happened to him, I think Luke has always had a tendency to get really down on himself and Luke's character in the original trilogy, he is kind of whiny. Like he is Oh yeah, of course he's like whiny. he's not my favorite character in the trilogy, but I I do think his character has a lot of integrity. So I think Luke becoming a hermit actually makes a lot of sense when you look at how Luke has always been, which is he tends to get fairly counterproductive and down on himself whenever things go wrong in his life. Without the accountability of another adult around to say, hey, maybe shutting down the Jedi program and retreating to an island isn't the greatest idea. But he had Leia. Yeah, but I think because she had sort of turned her back on the Jedi dream for herself, I bet he discounted her opinion a lot. Not mm. to mention they were in really different seasons of life. Like, she yeah. she was married and she had kids, etc. You know, she had a big life out in the outside world with Han, whereas Luke was sort of sequestering himself away with a bunch of kids working on securing the future of the galaxy. Yeah. All right. Now that we've been through the entire Star Wars saga in really our weird really segments. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do a Star Wars trivia quiz, see how, how much we know about Star Wars. Now, um... I wonder who's going to win. Seeing as it's been like six or seven years since I truly buried myself in Wikipedia, it's probably going to be you that wins this trivia battle. And my brain is an endless file cabinet. Well, no, there is an end eventually. It's a very full file cabinet. That's not the right word either. All right. There's a lot of files in my brain, guys. So this this. this is called the Ultimate Star Star Wars Wars Trivia Quiz. There's only 12 questions, so it's not very statistically valid, but it's fine. It's fine. The most legendary ship in the galaxy, the Millennium Falcon, can comfortably fit how many people in the cockpit? I said four. Yes, four. That is correct. Admiral Raddus and Admiral Akbar both hail from which planet? Oh, no. I'm going to throw out a guess. What are you going to say? Nope. I was wrong. I said Ryloth. Nope, it's Moncala. I can't believe you know that. Oh, I, I know that. When did they say that? Well, his species is Mon Calamari, of course, because he looks like a freaking squid. <laughs> and George Lucas is creative. Wow, so original. And, <laughs> and so the planet is called Moncala. They visit it in the Clone Wars. They spend like four episodes helping them fight a civil war underwater. It's really interesting. It's actually kind of cool. Wow. Um, Ryloth is where the Twi'leks come from. Those are the people with like the two little... Yeah, the tails coming yeah. out of their heads. Mm-hmm. R2-D2 is classified as what type of droid? Duh. Astromech droid. Heck yeah. How much total does Obi-Wan Kenobi agree to pay Han Solo for safe passage to Alderaan? It was 17,000 credits, wasn't it? Yeah. Dang it. I don't remember what the line was. Because they, like, they haggle over it for a long time. Oh, yeah, they do. Which handmaiden of Queen Padme Amidala served as a decoy for the queen? Sabe. Yep. While serving as a stormtrooper, Finn was known as... Do people know this? I do. I haven't seen this movie enough times. FN2187. All right. Poe Dameron was raised on which planet? Alderaan? I got one wrong. What did you say? Dantooine. What did you say? Alderaan, and it was wrong. I wonder which one it was. Approximately how many forms of... 
communication does C-3PO know? Okay, did see I am C-3PO. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I got that one wrong, too. I'm a mess. More than 7 million forms of communication. Which crime is not found on Jin Erso's rap sheet? I don't... I'm going to definitely guess on this one. Yeah, that was wrong. Is this from Solo? No, Rogue One. Oh, I only saw Rogue One once. So what I we're learning see. is that I need to I need to see the last Maybe I saw few movies a lot more times than I have. The Trade Federation leader Newt Gunray is assisted by a droid named... Oh, boy. Oh, this one. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I did not get that one right. TC-14. Figrin Don, leader of the Cantina <laughs> brand, band, Modal Nodes, plays what instrument? Do you know this one, too? We're about to find out. I do! Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, I got it, too. It was Cluehorn, wasn't it? Yep. At the end of episode seven, Ray finds Luke Skywalker and says what? She doesn't say anything. Nope. All right, I got 10 out of 12. What'd you get? I got six out of 12. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, so the moral of the story is that uh, I need to go watch all the newer movies again a lot more times. Uh, Star Wars, it's a good time. Anyway, yeah, I'm a nerd, and I'm very passionate about it. So I'm, I'm not the kind of fan that, like, dresses up or, like, gathers regalia or anything. I'm just... You're like, going to be the kind of fan that dresses up at some point in your life. I feel it nah, coming for you. Nah, not really. Yeah. I'm more of just a, a random trivia kind of fan, so I just know things i gather information and then i i know things i wish i could do that for some of my classes right i'm the fan that enjoys like the experience so like i've watched the original movies and the prequels about a bajillion times growing up just so i could like passionately argue with people about them afterwards you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like i enjoyed the trivia stuff as a kid but especially now that there are a bunch of new movies out like i really need to up my game on watching them over and over again until i have them tattooed into my brain (laughs) are you familiar with the memes because i know you're passionate about memes i am more familiar with the memes from the most recent movie but ever since rogue one came out the memes have been pretty solid there's a lot of memes from the prequels there are a lot of memes from the prequels especially the the scene of anakin burning up like oh my goodness i have the high ground yeah yep quality stuff i am the senate yeah that one i don't like sand is a big one uh (laughs) Um, the one of, uh, what does she say? Like, that's the sound of democracy dying. Oh, this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. Yeah, that one. That was a meme for a long time. Mm -hmm. The negotiations were short. Aggressive negotiations was a meme for a while. Oh, you want to go home and rethink your life? So many memes. (laughs) If you have good Star Wars memes, Most of them are in episode three. Hello there, General Kenobi. That's a big one, too. Episode three was just a meme. I One know. Large meme. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is now, especially. I don't know if I could watch episode three and take it seriously. And well, I probably could, given how I, how much I'm into the Clone Wars. You could nearly quote about half of it just because of the memes. True. <laughs> like the whole scene where Obi Wan confronts Anakin on Mustafar right at the beginning. All of those lines have been used in memes at some point because they're all just so not casual at all. They're just so dramatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You will try. Just <laughs> the whole scene is them just like screaming at each other and it makes for such good stills. <laughs> My loyalty is to the Senate, to democracy. <laughs> Your Ewan McGregor voice is really something. <laughs> I wasn't trying to do a Ewan McGregor voice, but thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I love that man. And they're coming out with a Kenobi series. I know. I'm Very so excited. I'm so excited about that one too. 
It's about time. He deserved like his own movie franchise, but if we're not going to get that, right. I'm excited. To we're going to get, gonna get Obi-Wan series. Kenobi being sad in the desert, and I'm okay with that. Same. I want to see him like babysitting baby Luke, you know, like little, little kid Luke. Yeah. Man, I love that scene. I am so ready. I'm, I love it already. I'm so like, excited. Star Wars probably gives me the most feels out of all forms of entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I was depressed for like five days after I saw Rogue One. Well, see, the thing with Rogue One is I knew they were all going to die, just given the circumstances. Because I, I was recalling the line in Return of the Jedi where she's like, many Balthans died to give us this information. And I thought she was talking about the people who got the information about the Death Star uh, plot hole. But no, that was about the Death Star 2 stuff. So I was like, okay, so everybody's going to die, right? Sure, it wasn't about the Rogue One crew, but it was still enough to prepare me not to get attached to the characters. But I still right. really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really well done. No, uh, I was that person that sat in the theater for like three minutes of credits before I was like, wait, they died? <laughs> like straight up. It, but, it took me so long to process. And I like how it went straight into A New Hope. That one Darth Vader scene, not the one of him making a bad pun, the one of him <laughs> blasting through the hallways, just like, oh man, good stuff. That was an intense movie. Oh, as, yeah. as I remember, it was fairly quickly paced. Yeah, it was really, yeah. That's probably why I liked it so much. A lot of people don't like it, though. But whatever. I would have to watch it again to pass judgment on it. Yeah, like everyone is entitled to their opinion and blah, blah, blah. But Rogue One was a good movie. <laughs> you can have your opinion, but I'm also going to tell it to you. Well, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you my opinion. Whether or not you like it, I don't really care. Professional podcast opinions with Kiri Jones. So, in conclusion, I am one of the biggest nerds in the universe, and I am comfortable with that. But at least I don't walk the streets wearing Mandalorian armor. So, is that a thing people do? Yes. How unfortunate. <laughs> like, at least I don't cosplay or have a room full of like action figures or whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna get you to cosplay one of these days, just so you falsify mm. your statement. That's very kind of you. I try. I'm a good friend. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for listening to us, us being mostly me, blab about Star Wars <laughs> a lot. This wasn't a very production-filled episode, although we did talk about CGI a lot. True. That's a thing. That's a production thing that is very well done that I, I have not tried to do, but I have seen people try to do it, and it is very difficult. And especially in its early days, I'm sure it was a lot more difficult than it is now. That it's a lot more common. Good job, the CGI people, for the prequels and for the original trilogy because those special effects were amazing for 1977. Yeah. Way to be pioneers about it. in a field that didn't exist. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. So, way to go, Star Wars. You've earned the right to be a very popular franchise. But also, Disney, please don't ruin it for us. Right. As much as we love you, we love Star Wars more true that long so, live ben kenobi oh my god <laughs> love it great guy thank you for listening to the, the post-production post podcast while you're following star wars also follow well, our us. podcast mm -hmm. on spotify yep. which is where you're listening right now all right see you later goodbye now